all us. So we begin our final week. And as I'm sure you are anticipating, the morning sessions this week will be devoted to the practice of merging mind with space. But again, I would really suggest that we don't think of this as some fresh technique, but simply a continuation, a seamless continuation of the practice of shamatha without a sign as taught by Padmasambhava in The Natural Liberation. And you recall, after going through those various phases, um, and I won't reiterate them now, but the various oscillations, the movements in different directions, then the final phrase was, now just simply bring your awareness to space and leave it there. That's about as close a description of merging the mind with space as I can imagine. And then there's just no more. Now, now simply he says, continue until you've settled your mind in its natural state, and emphasizes this is a necessary foundation uh, for really effectively receiving the pointing out instructions and then breaking through to Rikpa. Right? Um, and so the practice can be just that simple. As I've said a number of times in these allusions to merging mind with space and the Vajra essence and so forth, there's simply no explanation. I mean, there, there it is. Merge your mind with external space and do that for 20 days, 21 days, and that's all there is to it. So you can keep it just that simple. Just have no interpretation at all. Just, he said, merge your mind with space. Okay, I'll do that. And then do it. And this is rather like analogous to Tsongkhapa's uh, one-liner explanation of shamatha without a sign, or awareness of awareness, when he says simply rest your awareness in the sheer luminosity and sheer cognizance of awareness. That's it. Okay? No elaboration, no oscillation, no phases, no nothing, just boom, right there. And so for some people, something really crisp and to the point will be quite sufficient. And for others, it's simply helpful. Again, like warm-up exercise before running a, a marathon, it can be helpful to have, have phases. To kind of, you, you move into it, and you have, feel you have some kind, of a tr- some kind of traction, something to, a little bit, something to hold on to uh, before you just totally release. So this will be a short, short preamble. And the, 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 so that's the first part. Uh, and the second part is simply a reminder once again, that's why it can be short, and that is in this little like microgenesis of how we emerge every time we come from deep sleep into the waking state, uh, when you come out of shamatha, and so forth, with the emergence from the substrate, the movement of karmic energies to the substrate consciousness manifesting, that triggering then the emergence of this klishtamana, the afflictive cognition, where you have a sense of, a coagulated sense of self, a very primitive, raw, rather undefined sense of self over here, and the space over there, the substrate over there, you remember? And then out of that, in two phases, comes mentation. First of all, non-conceptual, so very, very primitive, very basic. And then out of that emerges conceptual mentation. And here's where, on these two phases of mentation, this is where one is drawing clear distinctions uh, first, kind of pre-verbal and pre-conceptual, and then verbal and conceptual, the distinctions between this type of appearance, like visual and auditory, auditory and tactile, and then subject and object, appearances and awareness. So that's really the function of mentation on a more primal level, non-conceptual, but still drawing these distinctions. And then on the more developed level, then the conceptual mentation. And then on the basis of that, then our world, where, where we are really superimposing the whole conceptual grid on all of our six domains of experience. We're looking around. Here's a very familiar. We've been here so many times by now over the last seven weeks 
and yes, I can recognize everybody in the world, and you have certain characteristics and personalities and gifts and limitations and all of that. Oh, this world makes sense, and oh, I make sense too, and I'm over here, everybody's over there. So now we've objectified the world where we have a, a bunch of discrete entities having their own qualities, the conceptual designation is in, it's kind of gone under the rain, rain, uh, radar. Like, who, me? No, Rhonda's just over there. Maria Lynn is just over there, you know? She's just over there. Uh, and the world makes sense, right? And so, and that's how you perpetuate your samsara. Again, now that we're, and now that I'm really locked in here, then I got my self-centeredness, I got have my self-grasping going over here, and the grasping to Maria over there, and then if some, there's something we both want, then okay, then I think I should have it. Self-centeredness comes in. Craving, hostility, I-it relationship, the whole disaster. Okay? So now we're just rolling that back. So it, we will go to the simple practice, and it will be unguided. Um, and I'll get to the very brief instruction right at the end here. But again, as you're quite familiar, so it's sometimes it's good to hear just to you know, get, have it sink in deeper. We're rolling this whole thing back. So as we're going into this practice, we're just rolling back the whole conceptual grid, the attention paid to the, the outer world, all of conceptual imputations on it, rolling it back, right? As if we're falling asleep lucidly. And then we roll back the differentiation of different types of sensory appearances and so forth, roll back from conceptual mentation, roll it back to non-conceptual mentation. And then where we'll, where we'll kind of try to roll it back to in this next session, because I'm almost finished, is the klishtamana, the afflictive cognition. So it's really raw, it's primitive. It's just this kind of sense of presence that without saying anything, kind of sense with your eyes closed, with your eyes closed, you'll have that sense, most likely, of somebody's here. It's me. Without my, prior to my saying that, I was already here, and I'm over here, and it kind of dark, it's kind of dark over there. What's happening? You know. But it's not talking. That was talking, but this is not talking. It's that real raw, basic sense of being over here and space being over there. Right? And, so, and then that's one step. If you, when, you, when you can dissolve that, have that one melt away. That sense, that coagulated sense of self melting, diffusing into space itself. So there's simply no sense of over here and over there. That's where you step right into the substrate consciousness. Now, in, this, in the settling the mind in its natural state, as you're now very familiar, there's a bit of repetition, not much more, though, and that is you have those four modes of mindfulness, right? And the third one, since you are focusing on the space of the mind and the contents of it, and the contents are all gone well into the practice, then you have that brief phase of absence of mindfulness. It's all familiar now, right? But then you don't want to linger there, kind of just blanking out, I mean, cognizantly aware of just nothing much at all, then you want to invert and you come right back into the, the substrate consciousness, self-illuminating, bright, clear, radiant, self-illuminating, self mindfulness, the substrate consciousness itself. But you do kind of, you, you boink into the substrate lucidly, because there's no point at which we just kind of want to bail out or, you know, just go blotto. You're boinking into the substrate lucidly and then you withdraw right into the substrate consciousness. I think it's all familiar by now, right? In this practice, we're not boinking into the substrate consciousness. We're not going that far. We just go right back to the substrate consciousness itself without going all the way to the substrate. Right? Just simply to the substrate consciousness. So in this, in this trajectory, 
my very strong sense is, there is no point at which we slip into an absence of mindfulness that is simply attending to a sheer vacuity, but rather we just slip right into the substrate consciousness and stay right there in that self-illuminating mindfulness. And then you've achieved shamatha. The mind has dissolved. Okay? So that's the preamble. And now the extremely brief instruction here. Let's see if we can roll it back in this session, as well as we can, roll it back to, that is, from the whole conceptual grid, roll it back to conceptual mentation, back to non-conceptual mentation. Let's see if we can roll it back as far as the klishtamana, the afflictive mentation of just a quiet, non-discursive, non-talking sense of presence over here, aware of space over there. Clearly, that's not our culminating phase, but that's a lot closer to the culminating phase than where we normally are in our just ordinary psyche, right? So the, te the technique, you've heard it before. So and this will be the final instruction. Uh, in this first one, we will go through a, a little bit of a sequence this week. And that is in this practice, uh, settle in, body, speech, and mind, of course, natural state. And then with the eyes open, at least partially open, simply bring your attention to that space. The space, this intervening space without focusing on any visual object. Just rest your awareness in space, attending to the space. As intangible as it is, focus on it. And then stay there. Sustaining the flow of cognizance without distraction, without grasping. Simply attending to this very intangible, translucent, empty space, but cognizing it, knowing it. Resting, hovering right in the immediacy of the present moment. And just rest there. Not doing anything other than simply attending to the space. Okay? That'll be a nice preamble. Okay? Phase one. Up, up, and away. So, as I mentioned very early on in our retreat, I told you my aspiration, my aspiration for you, and that is that by the time we leave here, one week from today, um, that you leave with confidence. That's my aspiration, that's my goal, my hope. Um, but just that, I don't recall ever in all of our one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings, I don't recall ever asking you, where do you think you are, how many... How many stages have you achieved? Have you achieved this yet? Um, because I'm really not that interested. Uh, I am interested that you are practicing, the, the engaging in the practices authentically, that you derive benefit from them. And then when you are doing them correctly, you know you're doing them correctly, and you have the confidence of doing them correctly. Right? So, we have a bit of time. Uh, since for this whole retreat, we've turned this, this morning session in from a half an hour to an hour. Um, 
but we can leave in a couple of minutes if that's what happens. Um, in ter- on that theme of confidence, of just a clarity of knowing the nature of the, the practice and when it has phases, the different phases of the practice, uh, any uncertainties lingering with respect to this practice or any of the preceding? Because now we have one week, a week of mornings, uh, to get as much clarity and arouse, have a good basis for confidence as much as possible. So, is it all crystal clear right now? Ding, ding, ding. That's the sweetest sound of silence I've heard in a long time. <laughs> good. Then let's continue practicing. I'll see, I'll see you this afternoon. Very good.